Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, October 30th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, not that we have a lot going on, but literally for the second time in history, if you are in Dallas or Arizona, I'm not sure how many times that has happened in Arizona, but in Dallas, it has only happened for the second time in history that we have all major sports going on. So the Dallas Cowboys will be playing the Mavericks, the Rangers, and the Dallas Stars all in action at the same time time and not only that but we'll have games Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday and Monday of all the different teams so needless to say got a lot going on and we're oh as always going to start with the MLB we got to go back to the championship series to finish off game sevens I do know that I did spoil the fact that the Rangers had won the ALCS at the end of last week's episode but I want to go ahead and start there and it was all Rangers all day. They started with a home run and two other runs actually in the first and just kept adding on. They wouldn't even go two consecutive innings without a score. By the end of the fourth, they were up eight to two. Ultimately, the Rangers hitting game was just too much for the Strohs to handle, who lost four to 11 and they go home. The Rangers make their first World Series since 2011. They have never won at all, although they've appeared in the World Series twice. The first appearance was in 2010, and they lost 4-1 to one in that series to the Giants. The very next year, they went again against the Cardinals, and two different times they were one strike away from the championship but couldn't close, and they lost Game 6 and then take it to a winner-take-all, obviously, Game 7 situation. And they would go on to lose that too. So Rangers hoping to get their first World Series pennant ever. In the NLDS, that game was on Tuesday and this game was not one-sided. The Diamondbacks scored in the first inning, but then the Phillies had a home run in the second. So we were tied. Then the Phillies score in the fourth to go up by one. But the D-backs answer in the fifth with two, Arizona up one. Even at this point, the Phillies were still favored to win. The probability was still over 50%. It was actually 65.2, and that was after the Diamondbacks were up by one. That is how good the pitching game looked. But, and it kept them in the game for a little bit, but Arizona tacked another one on in the seventh inning on off a sacrifice fly, and that would be enough to win four to two. So the Diamondbacks go to the World Series and claim the NLCS. So the only other time that the Arizona team has gone to the World Series, they won the entire thing. So just just four years after becoming a team in 2001, they played the Yankees in the World Series. At that time, the Yankees were three-time defending champs. They beat them in seven games and had to score two runs in the ninth inning of Game 7 to do it. But with that, they became the fastest expansion team in Major League history to win the World Series and still the only Arizona team to win a championship so far. So let's get rolling with the World Series. And we are two games in and it's already crazy. And we are tied with one game apiece. Game one went into extra innings. The Rangers drew first blood with two runs in the first, but the Diamondbacks started to really roll scoring in the third fourth and fifth innings to take a five to three lead it looked like that was going to be the game until the ninth when the rangers 
uh, star hitter Seager hit a two-run home run to tie it up. So we go to the 10th, nothing. Then in the bottom of the 11th, again, Rangers, Garcia home run for the Rangers to win 6-5. to five. So Texas team takes game one at home. Game two was the opposite. Diamondbacks got two runs in the fourth to score first, so we had a couple of innings without anything. And even though the Rangers put up one in the fifth, it was all Arizona after that. The Diamondbacks put up two, three, and two in the final three innings to just really add insult to injury. So Arizona ties up the series, winning game two, nine to one, before we travel to Arizona, and they will play at home starting tonight. Teeny little bit of basketball news. NCAA men's season starts next week, November 7th. So you will see games on TV before that. It is preseason, so I will not put those on the blog. But next week, we are back in action. Also, this season in the NBA, there will be in-season tournaments, one of which begins on Friday and will continue through early December. There will also be new designs were released today of what the home courts will look like for those tournaments. The big change is there will be no visible wood look, so no wood grain on any of that. That is to distinguish when it is a in-tournament game versus a regular season game. Some will count towards the tournament and regular season, and some will not. Moving along to college football, it was a slower week on the upsets this week with only five losses in the top 25, but this one hurts my heart because number six, Oklahoma traveled to Kansas who hadn't beaten the Sooners since 1997. It was just a crazy game, y'all. It was a 56-minute lightning delay, so it was kind of like a weird sit around and do nothing for a little bit. And it's funny because I was listening to a couple of college football podcasts, and they were like, oh, Kansas was rolling. The lightning delay really screwed Kansas. Yeah, no, um, it was actually <laughs> Oklahoma who was kind of rolling before the lightning delay. Not saying it screwed us because it definitely didn't. We kept rolling after we got back. But the fact that some people think Kansas uh, got their momentum stopped during that was completely false and they didn't watch the game. Um, this game also had two muffed punts slash kick returns and two Kansas turnovers in the fourth quarter when the Jayhawks had the lead. Normally not something you can do against a number six team in the country. It literally looked like Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback for Oklahoma and the Sooners would have another final minute touchdown saving game saving drive like they did against Texas. But this time, the Sooners fall short. A little bit of bad um, play calling and clock management, in my opinion. They lose their first game of the season. And Kansas beats a top 10 team at home for the first time since 1984. I wasn't even born yet. So absolutely crazy. We had kind of a back and forth slow game between number 11, Oregon State and Arizona with a score of 13 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, Arizona leading. But then both offenses started to turn it on, scoring about 14 points apiece. So bear down, according to, I guess, everything, including nature, bears over the beeves. And it was true in this case as Arizona defeats Oregon State. Number eight, Oregon handled number 13, Utah, who suffered a really bad loss at home. Utah's home field advantage is supposedly one of the best in all of college football, but not on Saturday as Oregon looked to be the better team on both sides of the ball, not letting the Utes in the end zone for the first time since 2018. Oregon Ducks win 35-6. Number 17, UNC lost their second straight game of the season, this time to Georgia Tech. Yikes. 
If you're like, wait, that sounds really familiar. That's because Georgia Tech also beat previously beat a ranked team this season. So this is the second time they've knocked off a top 25 ranked team and knocked them out of the rankings. But UNC is getting a little bit of last year's vibes. So last year, UNC with Mac Brown as head coach, they clinched the ACC title game, um, their spot in the title game. And then would go on to lose the next four consecutive games. So we're starting to get a little close to that. UNC has a lot more talent than Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech wins by four. And then number 11, Louisville faced number 20, Duke. And Riley Leonard, their quarterback for Duke, did play, although he got sacked four times. So that doesn't help when he's got an ankle injury. This was also a ranked first ranked matchup of the ACC. So basically seeing who could make the ACC championship game, especially with a UNC loss, didn't really matter though. It made a bad case for the Blue Devils who put up zero points. The Cardinals win 23 to zero, and that is their first shutout against a top 25 ranked team ever. So congratulations there. That is it as far as losses in the top 25. Other major headlines though. The Gators allowed 36 straight points after going up seven zip on number one, Georgia. They basically planned a great first drive and then proceeded to do nothing else. Georgia put up the most points against Florida since 1982. Dogs beat Florida, getting a lot more first place votes this week. They beat them 43-20. Stanford was one trick play away from beating number five, Washington, and they dropped the ball. It literally hit the wide receiver in the hands. Washington was a 27 point favorite and they escaped with a narrow win for the second straight week. Let me tell you what other top 10 team this looked like this past week, (coughs) Oklahoma. This time Washington wins 42 33, which looks way better than it actually was. Speaking of close games that should have been, number 10, Penn State struggled with Indiana. Their quarterback threw his first interception of the season, which is nice that he made it to week nine. The Hoosiers actually took the lead in the second quarter and then went on to tie up the game again in the fourth with just 2.58 to go in the game. But the Nittley Lions only needed three plays to go 78 yards for a touchdown to put them up, and that was basically all they needed. They also got a last-minute safety for good measure, so Penn State escapes and but definitely does not cover over Indiana. Number 14, Notre Dame debuted their first female leprechaun as their mascot, and she had to do a lot of push-ups as Notre Dame beat Pitt 58-7. to Number 21, Tennessee played Kentucky, and it was a great game in the SEC East. Tennessee went up early, but it never got too far out of Kentucky's hands. They were always kind of just hanging around. Wildcats were within two points going into the fourth quarter, but the Vols get the win here, 33-27. Number 22, Tulane had a little bit of a scare and played a close one with Rice. The Owls only lost by two. They're having a good season this year. Number 24, USC was on the verge of losing their third straight game in a row, but Cal had four turnovers, and it was still super close. Cal scored with 58 seconds left and chose to go for the win in a two-point conversion, but they failed, so USC escapes. And then what happened to Clemson? This is absolutely insane. Talk about a crazy turnaround. It is definitely the drama of being on the CW network brings the drama into these games. For the first time since 2011, they have lost two regular season games in a row. They are now four and four and they play Notre Dame next. 
And that wasn't the only drama in this game. Head coach of NC State, who was obviously who they played, Dave Doran, gave some sassy comments back when the guest picker, who's an ex-NFL player, called NC State a basketball school and that Clemson would definitely win this game. Curse words were used and the head coach fiercely defended the Wolfpack and his kids. It was absolutely awesome. Um, it was, yeah, I'll, I'll link that in the blog for sure. Also, Kansas State had the most 40-point shutouts in Big 12 history, currently sitting at 15. They shut out Houston 41-zip to zip on Saturday. K-State defense has also not allowed a touchdown in nine quarters, but they play the Horns this weekend, so we'll see if they can keep that up. I, of course, would love that. In the top 25 this week, no real change in the top 10, except that Oklahoma obviously fell. They fell to number 10. Oregon also jumped Texas after beating Utah so handily at home. Oregon State and Utah both lost but remain ranked. They both fall five places. UNC and Duke have fallen out of the rankings, which leaves two spots to get in. And two Big 12 teams made their way back in this week. Kansas State re-enters the ranks before they play Texas. And Kansas gets the benefit, obviously, of their big win this weekend over the Sooners, coming in at number 22. Another Big 12 team, Oklahoma State, is first out at number 26, and Oklahoma plays them this weekend, so better watch out for the last bedlam before Oklahoma leaves for the SEC. But college football playoff rankings come out tomorrow. This will be the first one of the season, so TBD on how much will change, as we'll obviously have the human factor if those teams actually deserve to be ranked there, not just, oh, wait, that team hasn't lost. I can't really move them down for not losing, and better keep them up there. Some teams should probably be scared on Halloween for their rankings. Okay, I also want to cover, because there's been a lot about this story, and so I know we're on a lot of college football, but there has been some crazy stuff going on with the Michigan sign stealing. So let's go over some of the facts and reactions to keep you updated. So Michigan offensive analyst Connor Stallion bought tickets to 12 other Big Ten schools and four schools that were supposed to be college football playoff contenders, as well as the 2021 and 2022 SEC title games. All in all, he purchased, not necessarily he sat in, but he purchased 35 games in 17 stadiums tickets. And that was all the games that we actually have a paper trail for. So there could actually be more. Literally, people were paying him on Venmo and he used his real name to get these tickets. Absolutely just not the brightest thing to do. He or someone he that were using his tickets would literally show up and most of the time in a Michigan shirt, sit beside, behind the coordinators and record their signs on video. It is actually the recording on video that is not allowed by the NCAA. You are allowed to watch signs and understand what's happening on the field and then interpret those and quote unquote sign seal. However, you are not allowed to use technology to video. So we have also now heard that Michigan has rescinded their contract extension for head coach Jim Harbaugh. As this is not the first time that Michigan has obviously been in the negative news for the NCAA lately. So things are getting crazy as rumors are coming up and all of this is coming out. Again, sign stealing is not technically against the rules. It is the way they went about it and how blatantly they didn't hide it. I think that's really causing some people to be like raising their eyebrows. So TCU also came out and supposedly used dummy signals in their CFP playoff game last year. And that was because they were warned that Michigan was sign stealing. So kind of interesting thought process there because it did seem like 
you know, TCU was the one coming into that game very much the underdog and did not play like it and looked like they understood something that Michigan didn't. So maybe that is why. But we don't actually know if that is the reason why they lost, but it is definitely something interesting, and that rumor has come out now. I'm sure well, there will be plenty more on this. I do not expect this to impact the 2023 season. So basically, if this does, it's going to be like, offensive coordinator or coordinator suspensions that kind of thing not necessarily that Michigan won't be allowed to play in the college football playoff or anything like that so just something to keep in mind because the NCAA does move really slowly and not expected that this would affect season all right let's move on to some NFL and this week in the NFL Thursday night football saw quarterback Josh Allen and the Bills beat the Buccaneers 24 to 18. Eight of those Bucks points, though, came in the fourth quarter, a.k.a. garbage time. So there was really just no real threat to the New York Buffalo team. The Cowboys started off fast, putting up 33 points in the first half against the Rams. Thanks to CeeDee Lamb for all those fantasy points. They ultimately won 43 to 20. The Titans scored seven points every single quarter. It looked really nice on paper to beat the Falcons by five. The Dolphins got back on track, putting the Patriots back on the losing side by 14 points. We also had a battle for New York that went into overtime between the Jets and the Giants. With only 10 points per side, the Jets had their game-tying field goal as time expired to get into overtime. Then did the same thing again, literally just two yards different in overtime to get the win. The Jags were favored, and the win probability chart never took a dip towards the Steelers. Only two touchdowns were scored the entire game as the Jags win 20-10. to The Commanders-Eagles game was a battle of quarterbacks. Both Jalen Hurts, Bama and Oklahoma former, and Sam Howell, UNC former, threw for four touchdowns apiece. Hurts was even hurt, so he couldn't run like he usually does. The fourth quarter was all offense with 35 cumulative points between the two, but the Philly team gets the W by seven. The Cardinals have just not looked good this season, only winning one game so far and falling to their bird foes, the Ravens, this weekend. It was closer, though, as the Arizona team scored 17 points in the fourth quarter after trailing 24-7 early in the fourth quarter. The Chargers beat the Bears thanks to two interceptions, winning 30-13. It was 24-7 at half, so they make a little bit of a comeback, but not enough to win. We have to end, though, on the biggest shocks of the day. The Chiefs traveled to Denver to play the Broncos, where they got their asses kicked. The Broncos won that game 24-9. to The Chiefs had five turnovers, giving the Broncos great field position multiple times. I believe it was three different times that they actually got it on their own side of the field. In the second half, the Chiefs only had the ball one time, and they punted. In the entire second half, with just 10.30 left to go in the entire game before they got the ball back. The other huge upset of the day was the Bengals 49ers game. The 49ers had won 11 straight home games until Sunday. Helps when quarterback Joe Burrow has one of the best games of his career. After a really bad start to the season, he seems to have turned things around. The Cincinnati team is now back to 500 with this 31-17 win. And, of course, I had to end with this one. The Panthers are no longer winless. They beat the Texans in a close one on Sunday. Literally, they needed a walk-off field goal to do it. Luckily, it was a chip shot at 23 yards as they had 
as they had missed a PAT earlier in the game. So very comparable kind of yardage. Congrats to the Carolina team for finally getting over that hump. And then the Vikings beat the Packers 24 to 10, but lost their starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He tore his Achilles in that game, and this is a huge loss as he is the leader in the league in touchdown passes with 16 and second in passing yards. So the Minnesota team, this is a big loss, like I said, right before the trade deadline approaches. So we'll see if they make any trades for backup quarterbacks. Tiny bit of golf news. Annika Schwarzstrom became a member of Augusta National, which typically does not allow women members. So nice to see a LPGA tour um, great get in to Augusta National. And then two Corn Ferry Tour players were suspended as they bet on PGA Tour competitions. They were suspended for three and six months each, but neither one of them were in the tournaments that they bet on. This comes on the heels as the NHL Senators player, Shane Pinto, who was suspended for 41 games on Thursday. He also supposedly didn't bet on his own league's games, but they also didn't elaborate on that point. They just said no NHL games were involved in his either. Clearly, that is where the difference lies with sports betting. As in the NFL, wide receiver Calvin Ridley was suspended for the entire 2022 season after he bet on games inside the NFL, so inside the league that he plays in. This is going to continue to be an ongoing problem most likely as sports betting becomes a bigger and bigger deal. Also a little bit of hockey news this past week on Tuesday was called the frozen frenzy because we had all the teams in the NHL in action on one night. Nothing like starting off the season with a bang, eh? 102 goals were scored and two games went into overtime. And then finally, Olympic news. We are having a better day than the organizer of the Pan Am Games. And Peruvian Kimberly Garcia thought she set the world record in the 20-kilometer race walk at the Pan Am Games. She finished in 1 hour, 12 minutes, and 26 seconds. And the current record was 1 hour, 23 minutes, and 49 seconds. So quite a big difference. Well, that's apparently because organizers had the course 3 kilometers shorter than it was supposed to be. Kind of a big whoopsie-daisy there. Sticking with the Pan Am Games, though, and changing more to a happy note, as the Pan Am Games are always kind of a breeding ground for young Olympic talent. So here's one to watch out for. Kalia Lincoln from Frisco. Oh, hey, girl. Won gold on the floor after being coached by Gabby Douglas. So black girl magic being passed all around gymnastics gyms lately. So Brazilian Rebecca Andrade, I will say, did not compete in the floor of that event after she took gold on the balance beam earlier in the week. And, of course, Simone Biles won gold on the vault on Tuesday. So quite nice to see, like, black girls kind of owning the gym. So we'll... Uh, and obviously, Lincoln is going to be one of those up-and-coming girls that will continue that tradition. World Cup skiing is officially back, and the women's got to start, but the men's first race was canceled due to wins. The women's race wasn't without the drama, though, as Norwegian Raghild 
Nowinkle was DQ'd because she used a forbidden wax on her skis. She is a two-time Olympic silver medalist, but she is the first to be DQ'd for fluorinated wax that she used. This is a new rule this year after much debate and kind of going back and forth for years due to the harm that it causes on health and the environment. It has been used for literally decades on both disciplines of skiing, so cross-country and alpine racing, as it creates a layer on the skis that repels moisture and dirt. This makes the skis faster due to less friction, but it is now officially banned and she is the first one to suffer that DQ. I'm sure we'll hear of more as the season goes on. So Swiss skier Laura Gutbarami won the first giant slalom world cup event. Michaela Schifrin took six. Be ready that these are going to start rolling down all the time. That pretty much sums up what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Of course, got to start with the World Series Game 3 tonight. Rangers at the Diamondbacks. They play at 7.03. That is on Fox. And the pitching lineup is, of course, Rangers star Scherzer versus Diamondbacks pitcher Brandon Fott. Then the World Series Game 4 will be on Tuesday, again at the same time on the same channel, and Wednesday Game 5, Rangers at the Diamondbacks, again, 7.03 on Fox. All three games will be played in Arizona before we move back to Dallas if needed. So if necessary, World Series Game 6 will be Friday, Diamondbacks at the Rangers at 7.03 on Fox, and if we need it, Game 7 on Saturday. Then following that, we have NBA basketball on as well. Tuesday, the Knicks at the Cavaliers at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Spurs at the Suns at 9. On Wednesday, you can catch the Pelican at the Thunder at 6.30 on ESPN, and then the Battle for LA with the Clippers at the Lakers at 9 as well on ESPN. Friday, the Knicks take on the Bucks at 6.30 on ESPN, and the Mavericks take on the Nuggets at 9. Like I said, NCAA men's basketball starts next week on the 7th. So this week is all preseason. I will not have those games on the blog, but get ready for next week. For college football, the college football playoff ranking show will be on Tuesday at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Following that, the games, top five games of the week, we start with Number 25, Kansas State, playing at number 7, Texas. They will play at 11 a.m. on Fox. Texas is favored by 4. Number 14, Mizzou, travels to number 1, Georgia, in another week that they have a good game in the SEC East. They play at 2.30 p.m., and they will be on CBS. Georgia favored by 15.5. Newly ranked number 22, Kansas, plays at Iowa State. Iowa State is unranked. However, the line is close, so I went ahead and moved this into the top five games of the week. That game is at 6 on ESPN. Kansas is only favored. Actually, they're not favored. Iowa State is favored by 2.5. Number 5, Washington travels to number 24, USC. They play at 6.30 on ABC. Washington is favored by 3.5. Let's see if they can avoid all those close games. Then game day game of the week, number 13, LSU goes to number 8, Alabama, where game day will be in Tuscaloosa. They play at 6.45, kind of random, on CBS. Bama favored by 3. Finally rounding out my top games of the week is number 20, UCLA, at unranked Arizona. They play at 9.30 on Fox Sports 1, UCLA favored by 2.5. And And yes, I know it's more than top 5 games of the week. It's actually top 6 this week, so you're welcome. In the NFL, Monday Night Football, the Raiders at the Lions tonight at 7.15 on ESPN and ABC. Actually, the Lions went ahead and won that today, so sorry. 
Thursday night football, Titans at the Steelers at 7.15. They will play on Prime Video. Then Sunday, we got an early morning game, Dolphins at the Chiefs. That'll be a nice high-scoring game. Hopefully, the Chiefs can bounce back. They play at 8.30 on NFL Network. They are in Germany, so Frankfurt this week. There will also be seven games at noon on CBS or Fox. The CBS games are the Cardinals at the Browns, the Bears at the Saints, the Seahawks at the Ravens, and the Bucks at the Texans. Then the Fox games are the Rams at the Packers, the Commanders at the Patriots, and the Vikings at the Falcons. At 3.05 on CBS, catch the Colts playing at the Panthers. Then at 3.25 on Fox, you can either watch the Giants at the Raiders or the Cowboys at the Eagles. They hate each other, and both teams are playing extremely well right now, so expect that one to be a really good game. Then the Bills take on the Bengals at 7.20 on NBC. Again, both teams kind of on the up as well there. We've got some good matchups in the NFL this week. Monday night, next Monday, will be the Chargers at the Jets at 7.15 on ABC or ESPN. The PGA Tour is back with the Worldwide Technology Championship. They will play round one on Thursday. You can catch that at 3.30 on Golf Channel. Round two and three are the same time, again, on Golf Channel Friday and Saturday. And then the final round will be played at 2 p.m. on Golf Channel as well. In the NHL, we've got a couple games going on this week. Tuesday, the Kings at the Maple Leafs at 7 on ESPN. Wednesday, catch the Sabres at the Flyers at 6 o'clock on TNT, followed by the Blues at the Avalanche at 8.30. Then the Maple Leafs will be again playing the Brewers this time at 6.30 on Hulu on Thursday. Only Olympic sports on this week are Saturday and Sunday. You can catch figure skating. They are competing in France. They will... They will televise that event at 10 a.m. on NBC, both Saturday and Sunday. And then a little bit of soccer for you, just because I usually don't cover it, but we are in the middle of MLS playoffs. You will see that schedule on the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, so please be sure you check that out as well. That wraps it up for me this week. As of next episode, we will officially have a new World Series champion. So, and that will round out an entire major league that we will have not playing at the same time. Like I said, absolutely incredible that we've got all of these games going all at once. It only happens for a short window. So, you know, I got your back, but I'll catch y'all next week.